in a world filled with intergalactic space battles. Metahuman destruction on a global scale. And psychopathic serial hauntings. There's only one team who can make sense of it all. When your world is overrun with rampant pop culture, call Luminary Guardians of Geek. There's the explosion once again, 2023, <laughs> and we are ready to go for another year, and we're going to be doing our 2022 year in review. I am Loop. And I'm Larry. <laughs> and this is Guardians of Geek. And once again, this is our this is our fifth year in review show. I'm, I'm still surprised that we made it past year one. So whenever we talk about <laughs> this is our fifth of anything, it just, it still blows me away. I know, it's still, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> we can't start a new year without the Dream Team coming together to talk about the year past. So once again, we've got Neil Temple uh, and we've got Backstage Ben from Virgin Radio, who are the geekiest people we know, who know everything <laughs> there is to know about pop culture. And they we can't start a new year without the uh the the experts in the field so That's once right. again they they're they're here to join us and impart their pop culture wisdom upon us <laughs> the geekiest people you know is a compliment only coming from you too i appreciate that <laughs> true. yeah it'd be offensive to, from from pretty much else. yeah that is true that is true <laughs> depends on how you say it right yeah yes, that's right, that's right. But, uh, always a pleasure this is like my third or fourth time doing this with uh, you three gents so yeah yeah Looking it's forward to 2023 and looking forward to uh, the hits and misses of last year. Oh, yeah. Have you two yeah. felt any pressure of like watching stuff in the past year to try to keep up on everything? Oh my God, it's impossible. There's so much. I can't even keep up with all the actual streamers that are out there now and they all have dozens and dozens of things. Yeah. So it's been tough for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's been quite a, it's been quite a year. There's like just in general, it's, there's a lot has come out this year. So this should be a fun show. And so what we're going to do, we're going to look at the hits and misses. Of course, in movies and television, we've got an open category, which can be pretty much anything, including themes and anything else you want to throw in there. And then we have things that we're going to look forward to in 2023. And at the end of each category, we'll just have an honorable mention so we can just kind of chuck in other things that no one had mentioned yet that we think should be mentioned from that year. So let's just get right down to it. We're going to start with uh, TV shows and we're going to start with the hits. And let's go, Neil. What do you got for TV shows this year? What's your favorite TV show of the year? And these, of course, I just before we start, these hits and misses don't necessarily have to be the best or worst, but it could be something that you were just disappointed in, and it's a miss for you or a hit. So let's go with the with the hits, and we'll go with you starting with you, Neil. All right. So hit first. Okay. Uh, here's a show I thought was going to be a miss, but turned out to be a hit, um, and that's a Disney Plus show, and it's called Andor. So oh, yeah. here's the thing about this show. Yeah, the thing about this show on Disney Plus is that it is the ultimate slow burn of a TV show. The first two, maybe three episodes are kind of boring. They're kind of like dialogue, exposition, dialogue, exposition. This is Star Wars. Where's the action? You know, uh, so at first you're like, I don't know. And some people gave up on it in the first couple of episodes. But by episode four, I'm going to say the show just kicks butt it's amazing it's great um the acting the whole time and all that is and then the world building and atmosphere is always great you know we know the visual effects are going to be great that's a given for a star wars show but this show i thought it was going to be boring turns out to be 
more heartbreaking and more uh, just more great high level drama. And it's actually a more mature Star Wars as well. That's kind of its reputation is that it's more mature Star Wars than, <laughs> you know, than just your, you know, usual shoot 'em ups and whatnot. I guess the book of Boba Fett is very uh, immature uh, to some critics. So they kind of compare them that way. Um, there's a lot of action in that show, right? And there's a lot of action in Obi-Wan, which had its hits and misses in terms of the episodes, I thought. But Andor did not disappoint at all. It got better and better and better. So if you gave it a shot and it was only episode one or maybe episode two, and you're like, too much talking, I don't care, you know, <laughs> I've seen Rogue One, why would I want to watch this? <laughs> you know, trust me, it's worth it in the end. So Andor is my hit for the year. I thought that I just thought visually it was like one of the coolest looking shows this year. Like it just, it was on, it was a wild show and a wild ride. I, and I agree with you. The first couple episodes, I'm like, what's going on in this? Like, I don't know what's happening in it, but as it went on, it pieces started and the puzzle started to come together and it was great. I loved it. Yeah. For yeah. me, slow burn, as, but worth it. As, yeah. as a star Wars fanatic <laughs> um, to me, that was my star Wars. That's what I want to see star Wars become and stay for eternity i want it to be political i want it to be real and gritty and it doesn't necessarily have to have um fan favorites appear it doesn't you know it, it doesn't need to have stormtroopers everywhere it doesn't need to have darth vader show up it just needs to be this is what happened in the world this is what happens to real people when uh, a galactic dictator takes over like this is i just thought that was brilliant that's those are the stories i want to see i want to see what the little people do it's funny that you guys mentioned that and loop too as you were saying there's so much out there i'm only a few episodes in right now so it is i'm kind of in the slow period right now but it does it, it transcends all the fan service and so much of it it's not about you know, the cameos or what to check out in the background, the Easter eggs and all that, while that exists, it is so much more about an actual story. And it's a story that is, uh, it's both its own contained story that obviously has to do with leading into Rogue One and all that, but it is also it, it completely, you can walk into a blind, you don't have to be a huge, huge Star Wars insider yeah. to really enjoy, like the espionage and everything about it. it's great. Yes, exactly. And that is, that's exactly true. You really don't need to have a lot of background. You really don't even need to have watched Rogue One because it's obviously it's a prequel. Um, exactly. So anybody could really jump in and it's just such a good show. And it's a testament. It's so it's, it was created by Tony Gilroy, who is not a Star Wars fan. Um, and he went into it not wanting to make a Star Wars show. He, he, in fact, told his crew, forget everything you know about Star Wars. We're not making the Star Wars. We're making this incredibly deep drama um that just happens to be in the star wars universe and yeah. that's exactly what it is and that's i just i can't say enough about it i love it it's it's about rebelling against occupation i mean it's it's, it's yeah. basically world war ii it's it's yes. poland being taken over by germany you know and and how the resistance uh you know rised up and whatnot and that's what it's all about right just like rogue one it's all about the rising up of the resistance and just like ben said not so much about the cameos it's nice to see darth vader here and there you know he was awesome at the end of rogue one and yes. i wouldn't mind if he showed up in season two of andor but um but no they didn't focus on that they focused on cassian and his his friends his uh, fellow rebels in the making so good show that's cool larry what do you have okay well that would have been my hit but okay. we've talked a lot about that now. So uh, <laughs> my my hit for 2022 was a little eight-part episode uh, Netflix series called The Cabinet of Curiosities. Guillermo del Toro's uh, foray into, into television broadcasting called uh, 
Cabinet of Curiosity, Curiosities, and it's an anthology series. So it's eight episodes. Every episode is a standalone story, each with a different director. Um, and they're all, a lot of them are, are sort of based on um, uh, HP Lovecraft stories. Um, and even the ones that are directly based on those stories have elements of H.P. Lovecraft because Guillermo del Toro is a massive Lovecraftian. Uh, and they're so well told. Um, every one of them is completely different. But yet, if you watch them all together, uh, like the whole series, they feel cohesive. Um, but they're disturbing and they're frightening and their atmosphere it's just it, like I, I really I couldn't get enough of this show I, I just I watched each episode twice I think um, and even the opening sequence of the show like the actual opening with the opening credit sequence is brilliant it is so beautiful to watch it's just I I'm I'm a massive Guillermo fan I'll, I'll literally like fall at his feet and, <laughs> and watch anything that he gives me <laughs> Um, so I was super excited to watch this thing and it did not let me down at all. I, I just, I hope that there's another season of it. I haven't heard whether there's a season two, but if you like horror anthology, this is a very smart horror anthology and just beautiful. Like it's just beautiful to look at. And it, I, I, it's right up there at the top of my list this year. I couldn't agree more. I loved it. I, uh, we've talked lots about it already. <laughs> Off the air. Um, the thing with anthologies, this is always really hit and miss like each there's there are weak episodes and there are strong episodes in any or segments or whatever in any kind of anthology and i think the weakest of the cabinet of curiosities is still like top tier television it's all yeah. really good every bit of it was interesting if it wasn't terrifying it was at least engrossing and engaging and when it was terrifying it was incredibly well done yeah yeah it's it's brilliant it's just brilliant i mean it's it's nice that he didn't that Guillermo didn't direct. Um, yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen what he would have done with a one hour TV show, uh, but it was cool that he gave the spotlight to a variety of different uh, directors um, to, to get their take on things. And he literally just curated this, what was in the cabinet. <laughs> you know, it was literally his cabinet that he was collecting all these stories from these different uh from these different perspectives it's it's so good it's it's really it'll become one that i rewatch sort of during the october season every year i think because it's, <laughs> it's so well done yeah i didn't i watched the first episode that's all i've seen of it so far and then i then life happened and it's as far as i got so <laughs> i haven't yep. seen it but it looked interesting from what i'd seen and what you guys are talking about i'll definitely finish it so it's great it's great yeah. I have yet to see it, so now I really want to. Yeah, absolutely. on the list. <laughs> All right, I'll go next. And mine was Severance this year. Oh, right. Yeah, and it was like I just was blown away by the show. I love the look of it, and I love the it, like the um, I love that Ben Stiller directed episodes. He wasn't even in it. <laughs> it's like the uh, it was just a cool looking show, like almost like I had like hints of two thousand one in it, like just the the. The look and even Andor at the end, like the the sort of like the all sort of stark white sort of atmosphere was in the show. And I love the idea of like going to work and your home life being completely different things. You don't remember what you did at work and you don't remember being at home and they're just separated, right? Like Sounds it's, like it's my just such life, a, yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah, <laughs> it's just such a clever concept. And each episode just kept you hanging and you wanted to find out more. And it was the type of show that was a mystery like you didn't like as a viewer i love shows when you don't know what's going on and you keep getting little pieces and nuggets and you're like what is happening in this show and i just it was just brilliantly written and it looked awesome i loved it so much 
my uh, my son who's uh, 19 now could not stop talking about this show all year and like he just kept like dad you gotta watch this why are you not watching this show i've only seen the first episode uh and he yeah so i the, the talk of severance has been in our house since it came out and for whatever reason i just haven't i think i've spent too much time with cabinet of curiosities <laughs> <laughs> i haven't watched this one, but i'm i'm really excited about this show i i feel like it'll be right up my alley so i'm glad it, it's, it's on your list yeah, it's brilliant. It is honestly like you'll you'll be blown away when you watch it. It is so good. It is is just like what the what the hell's going on? Like you're just but it's it's awesome. So um anyone else has anyone else seen it but me? Am I the only one that's seen it? It's on the list. <laughs> All right, it's on the very long list. I would put it up higher because the second season's gonna be crazy. So it's it's just has it so been good. given it's been given a second season? Uh, yeah, it's been given a second oh, season. Okay. So definitely definitely get it, get at it. So Ben, what was yours? Mine is uh I'm going to go back to some comfort food and go with uh, stranger things season four. I loved oh, it. So good. It was, yes, I, I liked season three and I liked the, I, at first I liked it. I liked the beginning of it and then it kind of dragged for me. So I was like the interest level kind of waned a little bit, but then as season four was coming and as it was building up, I, I really think that they redeemed themselves a ton with any of the missteps that they may have taken in the past. I think they really did great work. It was legitimately scary. It was definitely the most, you know, the darkest and the most extreme of the seasons and which makes sense. I mean, as everybody's getting older and as it, it, it is getting a little more, a little more towards the horror rather than just nostalgia, they, they didn't lean into that quite as much. Um, and it, it's still super interesting. I loved the new characters. I, I, you know, with a couple of small changes that could have been made, I know people weren't happy with some deaths and some survivals and that sort of thing, but Overall, I, I still think that's just excellent television. That that Stranger Things, I think, will always be right near the top of my list. I, yeah. I just think what they're doing is incredible. I think it's it's so like outside the box and bigger than life. And but it started with like this small scale sort of nostalgia thing, like this '80s that we all love and we all know, and they did it so perfectly. And then it's just grown into this massive like out of control world and it's so big and that's what i think with season four is they really found their footing this time around where it wasn't leaning too hard into any type of nostalgia or leaning too hard into any you know memory that they can get out of the show because i think that's often a problem we're finding now is how much it's like how much traction can we get with just things that are going to be talked about online and how yeah. many memes can we make out of this episode and that sort of thing they've really they've focused so much on story and though there were plenty of memeable moments it was it it didn't detract from what they were doing with the whole overall arc yeah i did i did also uh like that it felt to me and i don't know whether this was the case or not that it was sort of paying homage to um stephen king's it with the house it, the house yeah. kind of felt to me like the house on Niebold street from it and it and i liked that. Sure. <laughs> like that felt a little bit nostalgic to me even though you know the movies are, are recent so it's not that nostalgic it just it felt like the current state of horror <laughs> you yeah know? yeah and, and it fit uh, so i i that maybe plus I, I just i'm a sucker for like haunted houses that's the thing <laughs> i like so to have it happen in a house was pretty awesome for I sure thought. Yeah, it was. I I loved it. I just thought from start to finish, it was great. And of course, like it just, I don't what they they don't do anything, and it blows up. Like everything they do is just like with with Eddie, and like it's just like everything is. I can't go anywhere without seeing one of those shirts. Like it's like everybody has. It's just insane. 
like, <laughs> yeah. or Will leaning up against the window of the car or whatever. Like, it's, yeah. just, it's just like everything they do just is gold. And I don't know why, but it's it's so interesting and so such a great show top to bottom. It was awesome. I loved it. So and here's, Go ahead. Well, I was going to say for me, it is like, it is those memeable moments. I wonder how many of them are by design. Like they knew Eddie was going to be a huge character. Um, you know, the, the leaning on the window, whoever thought that that would be something that would be so yeah. relatable and so memeable, you know, but like we're seeing things with like with Wednesday and Megan. And now like we got to incorporate a dance scene to make sure that that gets out there, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> it's not like they necessarily did that, but it's just Stranger Things was the top of everybody's mind as it was airing. So it's just like those things click so quickly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and what it did for Kate Bush's career. No kidding. Like, how, how, that song wasn't that great in the 80s. I don't know how it, it came back. <laughs> like no, no one was like clamoring over that song in the 80s I when I was growing up. Like it was like it was on the radio, but no one was like, oh my God, I gotta hear Kate Bush. Like now it's like suddenly this the kids are listening to it and thinking it's yeah. a new song. It's so crazy. Yeah. But apparently she was making like millions of dollars a day based on downloads from uh, from uh, iTunes and places and, and streaming services because of that song. Like out of the, like, what has she done? Like, where has she been in the last 10, 15, 20 years? I don't know, but she's <laughs> on right now. <laughs> That's awesome. Those are great. All those are fantastic choices. Like it's, it's just so good. Just add more to my list, right? Like every year. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> just, is there anything else out there that you guys is like have to mention? That's like that you, uh, the only one I want to mention for sure is yellow jackets. I, Oh Love yeah. Yellow jackets. I seen that, it's it it's just good. it's it's kind of like lost meets like Twin Peaks meets like it's just a bunch of things going on in it. And I love I I love again another one that's just giving you little nuggets of things and you're like, what's happening in this? So it, it was just a just a well put together show and really cool. Like, yeah. I didn't know how geeky we had to lean for everything. I did have a ton of shows that weren't necessarily on the geeky level, but White Lotus season two for me was, oh, it was yeah. one of those must watches. I love appointment tuning again. I love it. I yes. love waiting a week for shows yes. again. You know, binging was amazing when it first started with Netflix and Prime and all that. But now to actually wait, it becomes so much a bigger part of your life. I think we've had this conversation in past episodes of this, but yeah. it, to have to let that stuff marinate with you and talk to your friends about the theories and all that of what's going on. White Lotus is the epitome of that for me. I loved every second of that show. Yeah, I think this is my theory on on binging versus not binging regular shows like appointment tuning, awesome. Like on a regular show, reality shows they can be all binged. Like like those like yeah. let me eat cake or whatever the hell they are. Like like those type of shows can all is it cake or whatever those type of type of shows that I think definitely can be binged. Like I they throw them all out at me, I'll watch them when I feel like it. But I love appointment tuning because in the meantime we're talking about the show in that week and trying to figure out theories and trying to figure out what's where it's going, and I love it. It's so yeah, good. That's great. That was definitely yeah. high. And and only murders in the building too at the same time. Like it was oh, the right. that was another one that it was those were two shows when they were happening at the same time briefly. It's like, oh, we've got something every night that we gotta watch now. And it's great. And again, <laughs> yeah. I mean, here we are sitting on a podcast and the the way they leaned into the podcast world in season two and how meta it got, but then not <laughs> overly meta, because again, that doesn't work all the time. But uh again, it was just another one of those. It was such a surprise for the first season and then for the second season to build upon, improve, and in no way were any of those seasons any lesser than, than the first ones. They were great. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I think it's great. I was a big fan of uh, Cobra Kai season five. 
Oh. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of 80s and uh, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> Stranger Things, the nostalgia, you know, the songs and the atmosphere, the clothes and everything, right? The hair uh, is so awesome. But Cobra Kai is a show set set today, but Johnny Lawrence is still in the 80s. So yeah. <laughs> that's the best part about the show for me. Um, that and like he's so funny. He doesn't know how to work a computer, a cell phone. Like he buys a, he buys a broken cell phone, a cracked screen cell phone. He's like, what can I get for 50 bucks? <laughs> you know, it's like I give you this. Uh, Motorola from 2007. It's broken. There you go. Yeah, do. No, he doesn't care. He doesn't care about technology. And that's what I love about Johnny Lawrence. So Cobra Kai season five, they brought back, uh, they keep bringing back more and more characters from the Cobra Kai movies. Uh, this year, they brought back Barnes from Karate Kid 3. He was like the jerk bully uh, rival. And, uh, and they also brought back uh, uh, Jessica as well, his love interest in the third movie. Um, Thomas Ian Griffith uh, plays Terry Silver. He was also the slimy bad guy from Karate Kid 3, and he was in the season four. Amazing, great job just being a total jerk, like rich, you know, <laughs> guy that doesn't care about anything. Um, and uh, Martin Cove, again, you know, playing uh, uh, Crease as well. And Rings of Power, I'm not going to go into it. Don't worry. I know I can't talk about Rings of Power because it'll be three hours, but I liked <laughs> it. And that's all I'm going to say. I liked Rings of Power. There's fans out there that hate it, fans out there that love it. Don't care. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Well, I, I then I need to add two to our list. First, House of Dragons. We can't yeah. let the the, right. the year go by without talking about. And and I actually forgot to put that on my list because that may have been, that may have taken a top spot. But uh, I lo I loved House of Dragons. I think House of Dragons was the rare spinoff, uh, TV show spinoff that may have at least equaled the original maybe even surpassed a little bit i really liked it a lot i thought the characters were great it was such it was a, a smaller it wasn't smaller scale but it was a, it was more compact there weren't yeah. as many uh uh characters there weren't as many locations so they could really focus on the core group and you really got attached to them you really sort of built a relationship with these people and wait i don't have you all seen it no, I haven't. You haven't. Okay, I won't spoil anything then. But it's. But I, I, I think I, I know why you like it is because they don't have to world build quite as much, right? Like right. It, so much of it is already established that you can get right into it and start this, this new story and this new thread through everything, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and yeah, you know enough about the past that you know it, it, it you can jump right into it. But, uh, but it's, but they do such a good job at, um, showing you locations that you are familiar with, but. 200 years earlier so you know things that were destroyed in game of thrones are you know fully intact and it's just exciting to, to to see those things but that's not the focus of it the focus is the characters and they do such a great job with with these with these new these new characters i just i am so excited i haven't heard whether it's been picked up for a second season i think it has i think it uh, has yeah. i think it has probably so, yeah it will i mean it was i think it's i think it surpassed like game of thrones with with their numbers um so I, i'm sure it'll be around for a while but they, yeah we can't we can't you know not mention that in this in this review and then you also the love terrible uh you, also, you love terrible wigs as well so that's why love you love it like those wigs, those wigs are, <laughs> honestly those wigs are horrible they're horrible some of those wigs weren't so great no <laughs> not gonna win 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 for makeup and hair no no, <laughs> this one, no. <laughs> um and then the, the one other honorable mention i want to make is moon knight um yeah. because i really i i i 
like loop you're i know you you're a, like a diehard moon knight fan you've got the t-shirts you've been reading the books you know everything there is to know and you've got that right there thing uh. <laughs> um <laughs> but uh i knew nothing about moon knight going into it other than what loop has told me over the years which isn't very much um but it just i loved the combination of batman and and indiana jones <laughs> yeah to me, that's what it felt like, um, and I just, I, I just thought it was great. I, I, it's, it was one of my favorite uh, of the Marvel series this year. It was just to me, it was very different, and I just thought it was really cool. I, I quite liked it. I'd like to see more of that. Moon Knight you know, is kind of like Marvel's Doctor Fate, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to be a DC nerd, you know, but, <laughs> but it's kind of the same thing because he's, he's not really uh, in control of it. It's kind of like Firestorm too. It's like this dual personality thing. Um, except Doctor Fate is more like, you know, he's, he's the god inside the helmet, where like, um, whatever the name, uh, the name of the, the Egyptian god that Moon Knight um, worships and, and works for. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So that's it's kind of the same kind of concept there, where. Um, yeah, it's it's he's not totally in control, but yeah. uh, it was a pretty good show. I like Moon Knight. Let's flip to Mrs. Now. Um, let's start with Ben. Oh, I'm definitely taking Larry's. I'm sure on this yeah, one. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Midnight Club was uh, was a huge disappointment for me. Uh, Mike Flanagan's latest horror series, based on the Christopher Pike like young adult. Everything Larry and I have talked about it. Everything that Mike Flanagan has done has been absolutely incredible. Whether yep. it was um, Haunting of Hill House, Bly Manor, uh, Midnight Mass was a surprise, like so good. unbelievable show, unbelievable show that we talked yeah. about last year. We were both so excited for this one, and it just it didn't hit for either one of us. And I don't want to speak on your behalf too much, Larry, but uh, for me, it was just I I didn't find it as nearly as engrossing as any of his other things. Um, we have our theories on why we didn't connect with the characters, perhaps because they're teenagers, not sure that might have something to do with it, but it just, it didn't, it didn't hit the same way that it did. And again, I don't know if it was, he didn't have as much of creative control as he did with his other projects or what it was. It just, it was all kind of falling flat. I loved the idea, super excited for it. I loved the, like a different scary story that happens in this overall much more dramatic series. And that's quite often what he's been doing with his Netflix shows, but this one just, it was flat for me. I'm going to, I'm going to jump in and go next just because we have the same, the same miss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was so excited about this show. And I, I think uh, personally, I think the reason why I didn't connect with the characters is because none of the characters were likable. Like they were yeah. all mean to each other. Um, and they, I just didn't, I didn't like them. Like they, I didn't, it wasn't even so much that I didn't connect with them or find something on a personal level to connect with. I just, they were just not nice people. I just, I found. <laughs> it's like, true. And they're just kind of generic archetypes too, right? In yeah. so many ways, they're like, oh, watch out. There's the badass over there. And there's the sensitive guy, you know, like there's yes. just, everybody was really kind of generic in it, I found. I, I think you're absolutely right. So I, I don't know that, I don't know that I can blame Mike Flanagan too much. I think part of that may have been the source material. Like, I think maybe they were written that way. Like that was the characters that, that were in the young adult novel mm -hmm. uh, because I haven't read that. So I don't know. So I'm going to, I'm going to assume that he did the absolute best job he possibly did <laughs> with the source material. Yeah. Cause I love Mike Flanagan and I, and I don't think he would let us down intentionally. <laughs> no. um, my, the one redeeming factor uh, with this show is that it was very atmospheric. Um, it takes place in this old house. And again, going back to my haunted house, my love of haunted houses, um, <laughs> it's, it is very atmospheric and it, it's quite creepy. Um, 
and the the visually the look of it was was pretty cool um there were some hidden doors and hidden elevators that led to scary rooms and which we've seen in all of his other ones though that's the thing is like a a little bit of rehashing in that too it kind of it kind of was but i i i I kind of enjoy the look like that look that sort of atmospheric look so but having said that I, i it was the characters were such a turnoff that I haven't actually finished it yet. It's on my miss list. <laughs> and I have another classic. Larry hasn't finished it. Yeah, <laughs> you got to see four. this show. It's awesome. <laughs> so I watched the whole thing. I only watched the first episode. I was like, <laughs> "That's all." I yeah, I, I kind of have a habit of doing that. <laughs> it might be good. I don't know. This one, I just, I still have the last four episodes, so I don't, I don't know if it, anything is redeemed for. However, um, I can say that it was officially canceled. So, so it, uh, it generally did not get good reviews. People (laughs) did not uh, embrace this thing like they wanted it to. It was supposed to have a second season because apparently there is a cliffhanger, like it doesn't end. So now, now there's no motivation for me to finish this series. Or Flanagan, hasn't he gone over to Prime now? I think he's heading yeah. over to Prime. Yeah, yeah, he jumps. He's doing Dark so. Tower, isn't he, or something? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Finally, someone's well. He's doing so. Good he's taking doing, it on. He's doing an Edgar Allan Poe uh, um, adaptation first, I think, and that yeah. might still be with Netflix. I don't know. That is, I, but I think it's almost completed, though, isn't it? I believe yeah. that that's like in post at this point. Yeah. So that should come out this year potentially, yeah. and then he'll leave. So yeah. So I. Whether I finish that, I'm sure I'll finish it at some point. Watch Severance first. No. I'll watch yeah. Severance first. Yeah. <laughs> then go back to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have. I didn't see it. Is it the same cast as the other ones? Because you know, you always use the same actors, no. or pretty much no. I don't think there's anybody in this one that was from the others. Was there? Uh, is his wife? Is she in it? Is she the lady in the forest? I can't remember. Rebecca Ferguson. Oh, maybe. Yeah, she might be. Yeah, there might be. What? Yeah, um, I can't remember what her name is. Katie Siegel. Seagal, Katie Seagal, is that who you're talking oh, about? Oh, right, yeah, it's not Rebecca Ferguson, right, yeah, Katie Seagal. Yeah. I, I think that's who you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, so there might be one person, but the main cast is, they're all new. Okay. And now they're all cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw the cancellation before I even got to it, and I'm like, eh, now I'm yeah. like, eh. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, Neil, what about you? Um, a show that I did give a chance, and then another chance, and another chance to, um, because we've been waiting about mm, 35 years to see these characters, or, or at least one character again, and that is Willow. Um, and uh, oh, yeah. I, know, uh, I know, I know, you guys are like big George Lucas fans, especially uh, Simner there. But uh, <laughs> this Willow show was wow, really bad. Um, it starts off okay. The first episode or two is just kind of meh. It's just kind of oh, okay. All right, so this is where they are, you know. Sorsha's the queen, and uh, we are introduced to her kids. And, you know, there's a prince and a princess, and there's all these other characters. And for obvious reasons, there's no Val Kilmer, right? He can't speak, and they're not really going to use him. And that's understandable. That's not really the disappointment. The disappointment is that the story goes nowhere at all in episode three, and they do nothing with these characters. They, they, the, the adult version of um, Alora, right? The baby from the film, uh, she grows up kind of, she's like 18 or whatever at this point, and she's just kind of useless uh (laughs) it's not a good show and the worst (laughs) offender to me is kind of maybe a silly complaint but maybe not is the fact that they play all these like late 20th century songs in willow and that just kind of takes me right out of it i'm like wait a minute is that black hole sun from sound well they're a nice tailing it i see yeah it's like (laughs) i don't know like if if you're 
if I heard smells like teen spirit in Lord of the Rings, it would be like, what? You know, like it's yeah. just, it doesn't, even if it's a different version, you know, and it's like, it, it doesn't matter. Like they're playing Crimson and Clover and they're playing like punk music and, and you're just like, why? I don't get this. So anyway, it's a big disappointment, oh. Willow. And I stopped watching after episode six, I think. And I don't even know if that was the last episode. They, they tried <laughs> to explain what happened to Val Kilmer's character. They did a very poor job at that. They bring in Christian Slater for comic relief briefly, but then that doesn't work very well. So yeah, Willow was a, a miss for me. Yeah, I thought clearly. that same thing about the music, and I don't. We we did watch the movie not that long ago because we did a whole show on it, but I don't yeah. remember them in the movie using um, music from the time. Did they? No, no. It was all that. just original score. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay, so that's yeah. what made that so strange to me. If they had done that in the original movie, and the original movie had. 80s music in it i could see why they would have done that now but because because the original didn't and this is what it's based on it seemed like an odd choice i think we're looking at a trend of of trying to bring music like some songs back from the dead like stranger things did i know bridgerton they do like chamber music versions of pop songs yeah like current stuff you know it is it it seems to be and again that was the big thing with night's tale and they've got like queen you know play and all this stuff as it's going on so yeah and i actually remember when night's tale that was a big that was a, a hot topic yeah like why did they do this like this is such a weird thing like i distinctly remember having a conversation with somebody about why they put queen in this movie like it it was such a weird thing like i don't think anybody's kind of gotten used to that yet (laughs) but it does seem that that's what's happening and i attribute i mean some of this obviously happened much before but i attribute a lot of it to um the first guardians of the galaxy movie when that movie Mm -hmm. came out and made excellent use of like 70s and 80s uh, rock songs that nobody had heard for a while and they become so big I think that people jumped on that and said we can revive our movie and we can make our movie a hit If even if our movie's not a hit our soundtrack will be a massive hit on Spotify because we're big red flag these days yeah yeah, yeah. I, I totally I totally think that that was a big part of it I think Guardians of the Galaxy sort of changed the direction of music in, in pop culture in, mm-hmm. in- but that was also set in current days and also Peter Quill from Earth has the cassette. There's an exactly. explanation for why they yeah. why yes. they're playing these True. songs. It's still Earth. It's still our world, you know, even That's though there's right. more worlds, you know, it's still sci-fi fantasy, but it's still set in Earth. It's just like Indiana Jones's fantasy, but it's still set in Earth. So they can right. play like Hound Dog by Elvis Presley or whatever they want to play. But yeah. in fantasy, where it's not supposed to be Earth, yeah. you know, and there's there's no such thing as this music, according to all these characters. And yet here they are dancing to these rock and roll tunes. You know, it's just like, well, music yeah. transcends <laughs> all your it, it does. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I watched the first three episodes or three, four, I think of it so far. And I, I wasn't a huge fan. I don't think Willow's is it's way overrated. I don't think it's as great as everybody thinks it is. And yes. this, the only, the one thing I thought off the no, top that I liked about it was that it, those two sprites weren't in it from the movie. Like, <laughs> I wanted to drop kick. I couldn't stand. They ruined the movie for me. The original Willow, uh, yeah. but I find Willow is like he's just not likable as a character. Like, he's angry. He's always like, I just, yeah. he's cynical. Yeah, he's a bit of a jerk, and I'm like, I, yeah. why am I liking? Why am I trying to? I'm trying to root for him, but I, I'm really <laughs> struggling with it. Like, yeah. but uh, anyways, Although, I, I, I do have to say, um, uh, Warwick Davis has become a better actor in his older age than yeah. he was in the original. He was really not a great actor <laughs> back in the day, and I, I think that his 
he's much more natural in this one. If we have to say something nice. Yeah. About like it. he's like, he's, he's fine that way. I just think they've made yeah. the character like too unlikable. Like it's just, yeah. I can't get into it, I but I don't think anybody was asking for a revival of Willow. I don't know. Maybe not really. Were. I don't think so. <laughs> just nostalgia sells. Came as a surprise. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of unlikable, I have mine now, which is uh, I love. I'll, I'll preface this by I love Mike Myers. Pentagram. Oh, right. oh wow! Terrible. I forgot Terrible. about that one. I literally blocked that from my. From yeah, my I couldn't mind. stop thinking about it because I I love Mike Myers and I really wanted. To, I love like all his movies and and everything. And I just I I wanted to give this a chance. And I it's just. It's the same jokes he's been doing. There's a whole Canadian, I don't know if anyone saw it, but there's a whole Canadian yes. thing in it. And there, and it's like, if you're Canadian doing Canadian jokes, come up, You, we should have the insider, you know, track on good <laughs> humor that no one else knows about. And he's using the same, like people say in a, a boot and like, it's the same jokes. Like, it's just, it was, and we don't need to see him doing 55 characters. He's, he's great at characters, but yeah. not that many of them. It's just, it's just too much. It's just, I don't know Even what it was. Even his delivery He's doing an Eddie Murphy. Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even his delivery was the same. Like the way he delivered the jokes is exactly the same as the way he delivered them as Austin Powers. And yeah. you know, it, it just I'm like, okay, move on. Like try something new. You've got you like it just it just showed that he he has almost no range. Like he's funny. But, and it was from something that was hyped to be this huge return of Mike Myers. And we haven't seen him in anything aside from these bit parts here and there, but there's yeah. like the return of comedy, Mike Myers. And then it's like, Oh no, no, it's still 2001 in his eyes. Yes. <laughs> I just, I, I, I don't understand the team that greenlit this, that watched this and said, you know, let's keep going with it. Let's continue with an entire series. I, it was just him in the, different outfits. Yeah. Yeah. I think the concept, like the, the look of it was kind of cool. Like it was directed fine. It had a kind of a cool concept, but again, like, but even the other actors in it weren't great. Like no. the Ken John does Ken John in every movie. Like it's the yes. same yeah. stuff. And it's yeah. like, yeah. I don't know that it just, I think with some other better actors that you could have really like nailed this, but it just, and some better writing, but it was just too, too cheesy it was just cheesy i guess is the best way to to say it like it but was not just, in a good way no it was a you cheese know? fest and it was just like yeah. oh my god like stop it it's like somebody's like uncle that just keeps making jokes at a party and you can't stand yes. it much. that's yeah. exactly like more and more out like. of date yeah 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 <laughs> it's, it's exactly what it felt like yes. <laughs> hey young people so, i got some jokes yeah. for you it's it like just so i don't know it's just it was tired it's it seemed tired there was a couple like haha moments like you know you're like eh. it's like but that was about <laughs> it that's a in six episodes i want a little more than that right so yeah. it, it, was, it uh it makes me worried for any talk of a uh, austin powers four because i think that that's still on the table that he's yeah. potentially coming i'm like after seeing that i don't want to see another austin powers it's literally going to be the same austin yeah. power like yeah. i don't yeah. And, and, I, and I'll tell you, like I saw, I watched MacGruber, and it was way better than that. Oh, like, yes. I actually laughed out loud, MacGruber. And this, I didn't like laugh once. Like I just, yeah. it was, it was like six, uh, six like hours of laughless minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just like it was not good. So, but uh, anyway, I'll open it up now because everybody's done one, right? Everybody yeah. had theirs. Right. Yeah, what but, was that? What was that Mike Myers one called? The the Mike Myers Pentabrid show or Pentabrid. Pentabrid. Oh, Pentabrid. right okay sorry the which was like a brief that was the brief mention he makes in uh so I married an axe murder his yes. the dad says it like the, yeah, there's the like this group called the Pentabrid. so that's what they were playing off of yeah and um, I mean the concept is good like it could yeah have it was fine of, like it could have been funny if it had been handled by somebody else <laughs> yeah 
Anyway, oh. let's not talk about that show ever again. No, no. <laughs> Any other quick misses like that you got you want to throw out there? I'm just gonna throw one quick one out before we go. Um, no. Archive 81. Did anybody watch this show? It came out the early in no. the year. I'm glad you're mentioning it though, because it's it's on the list. <laughs> yeah, and so it's just this guy that it's it's interesting if you're in in TV or or media. It's like this guy had, gets hired to just look through all these archive footage and and log it essentially, but then he starts finding this whole storyline that's going on, which is really interesting for the about the first two or three episodes, and then it just goes nowhere. It's been canceled already, but it goes absolutely oh, yeah. nowhere. But it's one of those shows where they keep giving little bits where you're like, okay, this is gonna be good, and then it does none of them pay off. Like none uh. of the the bits pay off. So it was just it was just a bore fest for the like it was very slow paced, like interesting in a way, but not enough to keep me like I'm like I felt like I really wasted my time after I watched it. I'm like. Oh. I gave it a chance. I gave it a chance. And that's all I could do. <laughs> I do have one hit and miss that I, I wasn't sure if it was going to come up from any of you guys, but um, as far as hits go, I want to say that season three of the boys really hit for oh, me. God, it was so good. Loved it. It was, yeah. you know, it went just as over the top in some cases that opening <laughs> scene of season three, I don't know how they'd ever top that, but it was still, it was also weirdly more mature. It had a much better storyline in my eyes i really was able to follow and cared a lot more what was going on in this season but then as a miss i thought diabolical was was no good the animated spin-off that they did i didn't see it that was, one no it was a quick binge it, a lot of them were shorts like eight to ten minutes some were like 15 but it was little unrelated things that were going on within the boys universe and all they they just use it as an example like we saw invincible invincible was fantastic this was like that level of gore and outrageousness times 10, but with absolutely no real purpose to it. So I just found like, it was like, it was almost like, we've got this extra boys money. What are we going to do with it? All right, we'll take those off the list. Take that off the list then. <laughs> Neil, anything you got there? Kind of hard to stick with any show that I don't like. Um, just like, just, just, you know, Miss Marvel again, just like. <laughs> I, I watched that whole thing. I, it was. Did you? I, yeah, Did it get I, better? I, I didn't mind it. I just thought they it was kind of all over the board. They tried to do too much with it. And it yeah. was like they could have really simplified it and kept one sort of like track. And but it was all mm -hmm. over the place. And it was like I just thought it was because of that, it it didn't it didn't just it didn't pan out like the like it just the way they put it together. I wasn't I I can't describe it. I just it was like either you go all teen or you you do other stuff. And she was like all over the place and going through time and i didn't understand any of it so i didn't know what was going on but <laughs> it sets up for a movie and that's basically all it seemed like the whole purpose of it was to set up so they didn't have to tell you who she was when you get to the marvels or whatever the the, yeah. the next marvel um captain marvel movie is so i feel like they should be doing more of like just one and i think this is what they're doing is more one like one hour specials to introduce mm -hmm, new yeah. characters rather than world by night is brilliant yeah, yeah world by night is excellent yeah, so give us more of that. Like introduce characters in a one-hour backstory. Mm -hmm. That's the half length, half the length of a movie. That's all we need is a backstory, and then put them in the movies. Like you a one-hour Boba Fett would have been perfect. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe ten, like ten minutes of Boba Fett, and the rest of the Mandalorian would have been like a perfect that's, movie. That like, that's all we needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. She Hulk was was okay too. That was oh. kind of a rough ride. Um, like. There's, I don't know if you guys seen She Hulk at all. I I love She Hulk. I don't like. Every, I know okay. everyone hated on it. I, I thought it was I great. Didn't like it. I didn't like it. Yeah, so I felt fun. it was too memey, right? Like it was one of the that really seemed like they were leaning into let's make oh. as many memes as possible in this. Yeah. I could totally see that. I just I I like She Hulk and I just enjoyed it. Like generally, I thought it was cast well and it was just kind of 
fun and quirky. I don't know what the purpose of it was, but it was fun and quirky. <laughs> like, I didn't like, like... <laughs> all right, well, let's move on to films then. And we'll do, uh, let's start with our hits. I will start with Larry. What do you got? Well, I had, this was, this was tough because I have a, a lot on my list of hits this year, but we're, we've decided to just to talk about the one. Okay. The yeah. One we'll throw it like, out. We'll throw your other ones out. after. We'll, we'll throw them out afterwards. So the honorable, honorable mentions. So I had to, I had to think long and hard about the one that actually was my favorite this year. And I have to go with Top Gun Maverick. Um, oh. I, and the reason I have to stick with that is because I saw it three times in the theater. And that's the <laughs> only movie I, <laughs> I actually went back and rewatched multiple times. I just like this movie was way, way, way better than it should have been. Um, as a as a sequel 35 years later or or however long it was it should not have been that good <laughs> um it should have been cheesy it should have been like like a lot of fan service and there was fan service in there but it it had no right to be as good as it ended up being and the story was so engrossing and and it, it, it the whole thing had matured like to me, as much as I loved the original, and I do, I'm a big fan of the original. I think this story was so much stronger. Like it just, the characters were, um, there was real peril. Um, and I mean, it was literally real peril in that they were flying their own jets. Um, and <laughs> yeah. some of the, one, there was a, there was a scene of one of the, one of the guys who actually passed out because of the G forces. And that was real. Like he actually passed out as he was flying this thing. Like, the, and so, and knowing that going in, you're just like, Oh my God, like this is, these people are risking their lives to create this thing, <laughs> which is, you know, you don't hear very often. Um, and just, it was just so tense and so intense and you really felt like you were part of their, like this world, like you were really, you were on board the planes with these people who were risking everything to, to make these, it was just, I just was so blown away by how good a job they did with it. And there was the fan service, like there was a lot of reference to Goose and there was the whole playing the piano in the bar, his, now his son is playing the piano in the bar and they're playing Great Balls of Fire. And so- and I mean, see, that's was, the level of fromage that did exist. There was some cheese in, yes. the, in the new one, but it was an appropriate amount, I think. And like you yes. said, it wasn't just the fan service, just that that's throwback right. cheesiness. Tasty cheese. I mean, and there, I mean, there was a whole, I mean, they didn't do beach volleyball this time, but there was like beach football. Yeah, <laughs> so, equally you know, as ridiculous. Yeah, it was, it was totally ridiculous. But again, it, it, it made sense in, in the story because I feel like, and I was actually reading about that. Like, why did they include that? And there was an article written about why they did the beach volleyball. And essentially it's, it was a team building thing. Like you got these pilots who have to depend on each other. So that's what they do. Like they have like sporting yeah. events and they just topless you know, they, yeah i love it. they're all trusted <laughs> in jeans yeah. that's right they all, this is what they do they gotta trust that they're comfortable with each other in all kinds of ways <laughs> i like when the millennium falcon came down at the end save them we're yes, in that pit that was yeah. awesome. that was my favorite part of it like the, uh, you're not allowed to you're not allowed to see it oh okay. <laughs> i have seen it it was good oh. i enjoyed it it was good yeah that is that is my that's my hit of of 2022 all right let's go to ben let's see what you got uh i've got to go super recent and how i i had high expectations and was still blown away by glass onion i adore that movie and all i could say at the end of it was like wow that was delightful and i cannot wait for more it was so fun everybody's now campaigning for the benoit blanc uh, extended universe which i want to see so much (laughs) i think ryan johnson does an amazing job he's never 
in my eyes, now this could be divisive. Ryan Johnson has done, has never taken a wrong turn. As far as I'm concerned, I love everything he's done. A lot yeah. of it is confrontational, but uh, it's, it's just so fun what they do with these movies. I'm a huge fan of clue when it came out in the eighties. And this is like as good as it gets on that level. Now, yeah. um, Daniel Craig is clearly having fun in his post bond world. You could tell he was all steely and bored during the bond movies and now he's just hamming it up. We see this Belvedere commercial and him as, as Benoit Blanc. He's just, it's amazing. It's so fun. And I'm going to watch it over and over again. Yeah. I loved it. I, I totally love that movie. Yeah. Both of them. Like the knives. Absolutely. Out for sure. Yeah. They're just, they're just great. I, I'm so excited for this franchise. Yeah. That yeah. If they keep going with it, I just think this is so great. And I, and I also like that they are standalone. Um, so I watched the, the new one. My wife hadn't seen a knives out. But I thought, I don't know that you really need to. And as it turns out, you don't. No, no, no. <laughs> so these, these are literally standalone. They're going to be standalone. I mean, they're like the Agatha Christie, like the Death on the Nile and uh, Murder on the Orient Express that have come out recently. Yeah, uh, except the same. fun. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're the same sort of thing. Like they're just, it's the the thread is Benoit, uh, Benoit Blanc. Um, yeah. But the rest of the, you can jump in anywhere you want. And I love that too. Mine was everywhere. I'm sorry, anything, everywhere, all at once, or everything, everywhere, yes. all at once, yep. or whatever yep. you want to say. The um, <laughs> that was my that was mine from the beginning of the year on. That was like I just it was no like the way they presented the multiverse. Like they, they I felt for the characters. I thought it was just like just an incredible story and incredible like just visually incredible too. I just love this whole the whole thing start to finish, and I can't stop thinking about it. And it's at the end of the year, and it's a new year, and I'm still thinking about that movie. So yeah. it was like so, so good. I loved it so much. I, I agree. I, um, I just watched it with my son on the over the holiday because he had heard a lot about it and he was blown away too. Like it's just, it's one of those ones that everybody can like. But I, he, he, we were talking about why he didn't watch it, like why he wasn't interested during the year. And it didn't do overly well in the theater. Like, I mean, it did no. fine, but it, and so we we're wondering why that was. And we went back and we'll watch the trailer for it. If you go back and rewatch the trailer, it looks like a cut rate Marvel movie. Like they, they marketed it like a superhero movie, but, but the special effects aren't as good as Marvel. Um, yeah. So when you look at the trailer, you'd be like, eh, this looks like a cheap Marvel movie, but that's not at all what it is. Um, so I think that that might've turned some people off. Um, yeah. and maybe that's why people didn't like rush to the theaters to see it um, because it's, that's not what the story is at all. Um, but I think that might be why didn't get the same that had the same impact uh because i don't think it was marketed well uh for what it was but man that was a good movie <laughs> yeah, it was just so, so like there's just so much like like to unpack in it like as far yeah. as just like the like your choices in life and how things go and it's just so good like it was just i don't know what it was about it i just like i was just stunned after i watched it It was just so beautiful it's such a beautiful looking picture like it's just it so good so with that movie it was incredible it's one of my favorites too and it was on the list i knew that somebody's gonna take care of it um yeah. it it's so funny because at the same time as multiverse of madness it, this is the one that critics were like multiverses are, are cool like it, it's kind of like you could do so much with it but it's nice to not be confined, as weird as it sounds, confined to comic book worlds. As much as there is in that, you can still branch out and have a much more personal story mm -hmm. with this. Yeah. And it was the way that they did it was was unbelievable. And I don't know whether it was the timing of its proximity to Doctor Strange or what it was. But yeah, it, it deserves so much more love. And I, I know for sure it's going to get it. Oh, yeah, it, it will for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think watching it as parents, 
uh, like three of us are parents here. And I think watching it as parents made a big difference. Yeah. Uh, yep. Just knowing once it got to the end of it, you're like, wow. Yep. That's what parenthood is like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <The daughter. laughs> There's a lot of that in there. It's, it was, Absolutely. that was, it was brilliant. Like just so clever. Yeah, so I liked good. it better than the Doctor Strange film, and I like that movie. Yes, yeah. <laughs> no, so, for sure. Yeah, you know you're doing well when you can out uh, out multiverse uh, Sam Raimi. Wow. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is high compliment right there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, Neil, what do you got? Uh well, I thought about this. Um, I thought uh, I'm that was like definitely in my top five right there. Uh, that one, but. I thought about, you know what, I, there's a few movies I could mention that I really liked, but then in the end, in hindsight, I think I just really liked the performance. Like Elvis was really good, but Austin Butler made that movie. Like, I think that it's really all about his performance more than anything. Um, and then there were a few other good ones again that were just because of the, like Avatar 2 was great because of the visuals. Like it's an amazing visual feast, but it's not that great of a movie, I thought. Um, writing wise the movie that really came together for me is um, I'm going to go back to pretty much the beginning of 2022 as well just like Luke did uh, in a movie that's been kind of forgotten um, you can watch it on Crave these days and it's called The Northman oh yeah, and this yeah. Movie, as a as a professional cameraman I mean we all work in broadcasting and we all have a respect and understanding of what you know good shooting and good lighting and good you know all that is compared to the next thing that's just whatever on tv or whatever this movie makes use of natural lighting um so well the cinematography here if it doesn't get an oscar nomination i'll i'll eat my hat because it deserves <laughs> it, you know wherever my head is but um but I, it deserves a nomination for probably directing editing and uh certainly cinematography the acting is great it's very intense it's bloody but not too bloody and these are Viking Raiders. This is Viking times. This is a, a show about brutality and revenge. And it's, uh, it's really Alexander uh, Skarsgård's movie. He's co-producer. He's the star. Uh, Willem Dafoe's in it. Uh, Ethan Hawke. I never thought he'd make a great Viking, but here he is. He's the <laughs> this is a terrific fan. film. Yeah. Fantastic. So, uh, and Anya Taylor-Joy is in the movie. Bjork's in the movie. You know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting, interesting cast um, and done very, very well really all about you know how revenge uh, only leaves everyone you know dead and you know the whole eye for an eye thing leaves everyone blind and that lesson is there but the way they shot it and the intensity of it and how classy it was in terms of the violence and you know potent possibly rape and things like that that are off screen any you know animal deaths or anything like that anything we don't want to actually see even though it's you know it's it's an important part of this era anything yeah. we don't want to see is, is tastefully done off camera so we're there's just like, a we level of screen. class that uh that dave eggers has in his movies right like he he yeah. approaches some really grimy stuff especially with the lighthouse and some weird stuff that goes on in the lighthouse but it still does have <laughs> that art, that level of artistry to it right that really does legitimize it northman's right up there with that too yeah just i love the cinematography and just Again, just as a cameraman, I mean, that was right, right up my alley. So I don't know if it was the best of the best movie of the year. I have yet to see Wakanda Forever. I have yet to see The Whale, which is apparently all about the performance of Brendan yeah. Fraser. And I hope he, you know, gets recognized and all that. Um, and I haven't seen uh, The Fablemans. So there's a few movies that are apparently, you know, 10 out of 10s that I still have yet to see. But for now, I'm going to go with The Northman because of the way it was made. That's awesome. So is there anything else we want to throw out before we move on to Mrs.? 
I got it. We, I got to give it to the Batman too. That was going to be one that I wanted. I loved the Batman. And I know that a lot of people were kind of bored by it. Um, but I still think that was an absolutely impressive feat to put off, to put a movie like the Batman in much more gangster noir style than it was an overblown action movie. I was among the detractors of Robert Pattinson taking over the role. <laughs> and then I kept getting reminded about Heath Ledger. Nobody liked Heath Ledger at first, you know, with Joker. Um, I think he did a great job. I loved the moodiness of it. The time of like the three hours that it took didn't bother me at all. Cause I still think that it was packed with enough. It was, it moved fine. It didn't drag a lot. It did sometimes, but that opening scene was, is one of the highlights of the year for me. That was incredible. Yeah, I agree. That was on, that was on my list too. Um, I have a, a couple extras. Um, uh, Neil, you already mentioned the Fablemans. Fablemans is probably second on my list. Um, it it hit every chord with me. Uh, just growing up, when I was twelve, I was making um, animated films uh, with my like Super Eight, my dad's Super Eight camera, and um, I actually, I mean, you haven't seen the movie yet, so I mean, it doesn't spoil anything. He makes a, a movie with a train, a train, and I had actually done that. I actually made a movie with a the model train set. And so there were just, there was so much in this movie that really hit home. And I just thought it was, it's smart and it's caring and it's like everybody in it has heart and it's, it's really, really well done. Uh, it's got a great ending. Um, I, I highly recommend it. it. It was in my, it was probably number two for me. Um, but the one other one that I really wanted to mention as a hit for me was a tiny little movie uh, called Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Yes. I saw that, yeah. Did you? Did we all see that? Did you yes. That? Oh, no, I've heard of it. You've never heard of it? I've heard of it, but I haven't. Oh, you've seen heard it. of it? Oh, okay. I just, I, I, I've always liked that character, the YouTube. I just, I just think he, he's such a cute little thing, but he's, he's so real. I mean, as, I mean, he's a, he's a shell with an eye, a googly eye stuck on him. But <laughs> the way he behaves and his perspective on life is so real, and the, the movie, I just it was like an extended version of that. It just felt so good. And it felt like, I just, I wanted to live in that world. I wanted to be Marcel's friend and I wanted to be <laughs> his family and, oh, such a good movie. <laughs> that was such a surprise that it was able to extend to a full length movie because the shorts that had been released, God, 15 years ago, probably like those are yeah. old shorts on YouTube a long time. Um, to actually be able to pull off an entire movie. <laughs> it was incredible yeah. and it worked though. Yeah. It totally this, did. this is I, me at the beginning of the movie. This is me at the end. I, know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like the person, like, okay, whatever. Like, I just went because my son really wanted to go. He said it was going to be great. And I was like, by the end of it, I was like in tears. And I, I loved yeah. it. I, I loved that movie. It was so good. Yeah, me too. I'd, I'd love to see it. I, I It wouldn't surprise me if it's up for best anime. I mean, I don't know actually, though, if it qualifies as animated because I think something like 70% of your movie has to be like fully animated and oh. qualify as an anim animated uh, film and there were live action scenes and it was it took place in a real world so i don't yeah. i don't know where where it would be nominated or if it will be nominated for anything but i feel like it should be because it's just so, it's such a wonderful little movie I know we'll got... the... go ahead neil i was just gonna say they'll probably give it to the uh, uh puss and boots movie anyway the uh, oh, oh, yeah. which is actually not bad i watched it with the kids oh, and it was surprisingly really? very good it's yeah. Apparently good. yeah okay yeah it was good <laughs> we've been super wholesome with with the fablemans and marcel the shell can i grime it up just a little bit and a yeah. huge yeah. surprise another hit 
was Barbarian. I don't know if you guys saw Barbarian. Oh, or yes. I was going to mention that one. I was just about I to say it. That one. Man, that was a nonstop yeah. questioning thrill ride of a movie. And it was yes. so, it got so wild. And then it, it like, everything about that was so well done. I could not believe I loved how it. I loved it start to finish. Yeah, so good. about that. Yes, absolutely. Can I just add to that? Because I've forgotten to put, now that you've mentioned that, um, Pearl. I want to put Pearl. Oh, yeah. Pearl and X, both of them. Yeah. yeah. And X, this whole universe that they're creating in, because uh, I think there's another one coming out called Maxine. Maxine, yep. With Triple yep. X in, this, in the center. I love this 70s throwback horror genre. That's beautiful. That, yeah. That he's, yeah. That he's created. And I thought Pearl was on par with X. And I just, it, it was so weird and fun. And yeah gross and yep <laughs> i liked yeah. x better than pearl but yeah. i i like elderly sex so i actually liked it better yeah, why not? but it's like um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it, i just thought x was like like a better horror film than pearl but yeah. i it, pearl was more like a character study to me but i yes. did i did enjoy it a lot like it was it was really cool the other one Can i we use to loops last line there for a promo by the way yeah Can let's put it I love elderly quick sex. Little... like just elderly yeah print we're good just mark the time on that one we'll be using that one i just wanted to mention one other one was prey i oh yes that's on my list too i i I went in not thinking i like because i love predator and i love aliens and i and i love predators versus aliens and i (laughs) i wasn't sure what to expect from this and i loved it i thought it was like a great like like build up and it didn't like go goofy and it was just it was just really cool that was a cool concept i'm uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not a, a Predator fan. Like I, I, they're they're fine. Like I, I enjoy them or whatever. But I'm not really a fan of that franchise. This one I really liked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one I great. thought was excellent. I thought it was really well done. It was a great origin story. I thought I thought that was great. Good good call on that one. Um, no. I've got one last one. If we nobody else, anybody else, because I don't think we can let uh, a year in review go by where Jordan Peele has released something and not mention it. No kidding. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, nope. I thought was great. I thought, I thought it was, it was a unique story. I thought it was weird, and I didn't know where it was going. And I loved the Western element of it. And I loved that people were just trying to carry on with their lives but this bizarre thing was happening in their world i just it was such a unique film uh for for the horror genre i thought I it agree. was so smart I not really- a letdown but it, it, it to me it's his it, the weakest of his three yeah. i still I because so. it didn't blow me away the way that the first two did you know obviously get out is in a league all its own yeah and um uh, us was equally as amazing this one with such high expectations i didn't know if he could live up to it and he totally lived up to it but it was right there you know like that for me it was that's why it didn't quite make the best of is because it's like right. it, it better be good you know it's jordan peele yeah. it better be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i see i wasn't a big fan of us i loved get out i wasn't a big fan of us um so this one to me brought it back little redemption I, yep. After, yep. after us and then um he had the twilight zone show uh yeah. that was sort of a it was okay and i was yep. after after us not enjoying us and then after this show i thought uh is he gonna be the, the next m night show shy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, this, yeah this this one for me brought him back so yeah. I, I was really i was thrilled with it i really enjoyed that movie a lot all right well let's go to mrs um right. neil you start us off something that's just like just a movie that just was like you're looking forward to maybe didn't didn't go hit mm-hmm. your expectations I guess I'm in terms of just like a big budget movie that 
looked like it was going to be a lot of fun, but for me was a big letdown. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is actually the Thor movie, uh, yep. Love and Thunder. Yes. So it's not like the worst movie of the year. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's not the worst movie of the year. I, I probably think of one worse later on, but right now that's the one that's sticking out to my brain right now in my brain because I, I, there's something about it where I, I really liked Ragnarok right? So same director, uh, Taika Waititi, and, and um, there was something about this movie that just, I just, the whole time, it just felt like I was outside. I, it didn't, it didn't involve me in any way. It just seemed like, oh, I'm Thor Odin's son, and I'm the greatest, and that's how it kind of, it begins, and then things go wrong, and then, and then Jane Foster's Thor, and, you know, <laughs> we get this lame villain played by Christian Bale, who's a terrific, brilliant actor, but I did not care for this god-killer, you know, dude, uh, you know, is just this, like, white, uh, powdered guy, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know, I, I was just like, uh, did not We know Marvel has, Marvel has an issue with casting really great actors in really bad villain roles in a lot of cases, <laughs> and Thor, like, in, in a lot of the Thor movies, too, it's always a huge problem. Yeah, yeah a, a lot of these movies, whatever that is, if it's Batman, Thor, you know, whatever it is, um, it, it, James Bond, you know, the, the movies are always usually they're as good as the villains, you know, like, was that a good movie? Well, yes, because Alan Rickman was the bad guy or because, you know, Malcolm McDowell was the bad guy or whoever is a great bad guy. Um, Michael Wincott is a personal favorite. But anyway, uh, you know, whoever's an awesome bad guy, well, usually they can make the, the film work. Christian Bale, great actor, but I didn't think he was a great character. I didn't like his, his character. I didn't like what they were doing. And I just, it was just bland to me. I found myself looking at my phone watching this movie, you know, and, and I don't do that very often, as tempting yeah. as it is watching from home, right? But, but I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get to the next scene. Um, and I love... Uh, uh, Taika Waititi, like I said, I, lo I love the beginning when uh, uh, Korg is telling the story of Thor and how uh, they beat Thanos and he was fat Thor and now he's back to thin and that's, that's great. That's wonderful to, to pick everything up from, from Avengers Endgame. That was a nice, you know, beginning. But from there, it just went straight downhill for me. And anyway, later I'll think of worse movies, but that's that's the that's the miss for now. Is, uh, love and I think there's this, there was too many jokes in it. It became all jokey and it was like yes. fire joke, Blame joke, 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 joke. And you yeah. couldn't like get a breath and there was like no character development because it was just all about the what's his next one liner going to be. And it was it was too much. And I, I, I like Christian Bale's that villain. I actually thought that villain was great, but there wasn't enough of them. And apparently they cut a lot of it out that, that would really build um, his character to put more jokes so, in. So yeah, he was that, so overly dark and it was such a like that's a heartbreaking story with him and his yeah. whole motive. But then he's such a dark, it could be great character in a comedy movie. You know, like yeah, it, took, like, it was too much comedy, like way too yeah. much. Like they, it felt like it was a lot of like deleted scenes from Ragnarok almost, you know, like they're kind of recycling a lot of jokes and they're using a lot of jokes. And that's the stuff that could have been cut from Ragnarok ended up in this, I think. Like yeah. it just, yeah, it didn't hit. I agree. I, yeah. I'm almost starting to think Thor is a better secondary character and not as much a, a, a like a, a lead. Like, you know, well, he's, he's great I, I, as a side character people can bounce off of, but I don't know about a lead anymore. I don't know. I, it could I, just I, been that movie, but. I, I totally know. agree with you. And I, to me, my favorite Thor moments were the ones where he was with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Like when he was yeah. with them on their, like yeah. that was good Thor. <laughs> like yeah. I thought him playing off of Peter Quill and Peter Quill playing off of him. I just and oblivious to the world. He's, that's the best, exactly. that's the funniest yeah. part of Thor. Yeah. He's just oblivious yeah, to what that, he does. Yeah. But you're right. I don't think that he's a strong lead character 
which is, I think, why they haven't made a standalone Hulk movie, because Hulk isn't a lead character. Like, just because he's one of the Avengers doesn't mean he's great. I mean, he's great in small doses. Yeah, for sure. Yes, exactly. I swear they. They, they just seem to rely on Chris Hemsworth's uh, six pack in all these. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's this stupid scene, right? Where Russell Crowe, um, uh, the, what was he? Zeus. Yeah. Zeus, so yeah, like, yeah. He, and he flicks his clothes off. It's like, come on. Yeah. Like this is obviously <laughs> just for the Chris Fan Hemsworth. service. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just so people can make memes and posters of uh, half naked Chris Hemsworth. No, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, Thor was definitely my, one of my bottom. I, I had I struggled with two of them. I'm going to mention one, and then the other one will be mentioned after we talk. I, I I'm going to go Ooh. Morbius. I'll go Morbius. By oh. <laughs> the easy play. Then, yeah. Yeah, equal. The two of them. I'm going to mention the other one after. But I knew there Lord, was something worse. I, yeah, Lawrence will probably know what I'm going to say is the other one. But um, the Morbius was terrible. It was just uninspired. It was like. A character no one really cares about. That would have been a good hour special. Yes. Like that's like perfect example of something. Yeah. I just it was just boring. It was like I didn't understand it. Like it was like almost like um I care who plays the lead at Jared Leto. He's like yeah. he's like in a different yeah. movie than everybody else. Like it's <laughs> well, like he's in know. a different world than everybody else at all times. He's always like his, in a different world. Yeah. His overcommitment to these characters is just ridiculous. Yeah. I just thought it was boring. Like Matt Smith was misused. Everybody, everything in it was misused. And I just I, it was on, it just wasn't fun. There was not even like an ounce of fun in that movie. And I just like, it just bored me the entire thing. It just was uninspired. It was just yeah. terrible, terrible. Yeah. I walked away going, what is this? Like, what this is bad <laughs> for a Marvel movie too. And I know it's a Sony one, but it's still, there's, they, even their movies have been fairly decent. Like this one was just not necessary at all. Unless it's going to factor into some larger picture for Spider-Man or something, but well, major thumbs you down. To, you have to assume he's coming back. Like they rarely introduce a character unless he's going, he or she is going to appear in like, you know, a Mm -hmm. group film at some point. So he's coming. Unless the movie bombs. Oh yeah. Although I I think think that would have been been a perfect one hour special. Like that would have been awesome. Like to to condense this whole story into an hour long on Disney plus on TV that you can watch. I think that would have been a great way to do it. And then people would have been intrigued and would have wanted to see more of it, but. And it could have been animated. Like it could have been, DC does such a great job at animated, you know, not quite feature length movies that are just one-offs or even story builders, that kind of thing. It could have been a great Disney plus, well, I guess it's Sony, right? So it's not Disney plus, but it could have been a great animated slide it somewhere during the holidays or something like that. Here's a story of Morbius, not that you really care. (laughs) You know, that kind of thing background. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay, Larry, what do you thought we got? Okay, so this is gonna be super controversial. Oh no. But I as my miss this year, I put the Northman. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a I'm a big Dave Eggers fan. I love The Witch. The Witch is one of my favorite horror movies. I loved uh Lighthouse, The Lighthouse. I thought so. I was super stoked, and when I heard because his level of realism is what makes his movies so good, and his commitment to authenticity. And so when I heard he was doing one about Vikings, I'm like this is going to be outstanding. Like Dave, and I and I, it's it's the oddest thing because I've been thinking about this since I saw it, um, and like why it was that I didn't connect with it, and I honestly can't tell you um i don't know what it was i don't know if it was um um 
Alexander Sarsgaard. I think that might have been part of it. I I didn't for some reason, even though I mean he's 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 sort of perfectly suited to play a Viking. For whatever reason, I somehow didn't connect with him. And because of that, because he was the lead, I, I just, the whole thing sort of fell a bit flat for me. It just, I came out of it thinking, oh, well, I'm not, none of it really surprised me. None of it. I mean, it looked beautiful. Like you said, visually, I think it was, it was stunning. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I almost wish the whole thing had been in a different language and subtitled. Uh, do you know what I mean? I feel yeah. like that would have added a level of a more, more of a, a level of realism to it or so. I don't know. I honestly can't even tell you, but for whatever reason, and maybe I overhyped it in my head. I don't know. Um, the other thing is maybe I should go back and rewatch it. Maybe it was that I just missed the point <laughs> when I saw it, but for whatever reason, that one kind of let me down and I, I feel bad about it. I don't want it to let me down because I love Vikings. <laughs> I love that era. And I think it was so cool. And I love Dave Eggers and I, and I, I have to him. make a correction. I planted the seed of Dave Eggers. It's Robert Eggers. Dave Eggers oh, sorry, is, a, Robert is a writer, Eggers. but I yes. said Dave Eggers earlier with the Northman, but uh, yeah, Robert Eggers is the guy. Robert Eggers. Yes. I'm sorry. You're right. Um, right. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. So I feel, I feel it's, it's kind of, I feel like, um, uh, the way I do about the Mike Flanagan, um, <laughs> the midnight club. It's a misstep. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's, for me, it was just a little bit of a misstep. Like I, 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 I see what he was trying to do, but for me personally, it just, it didn't connect. So it was not that it was a, like that terrible movie. It just was a miss for me because I was expecting a lot more, I guess. Yeah. So, there it is. <laughs> Controversial. Ben, ben is so offended he's left. <laughs> <laughs> he's just stepped aside. <laughs> he couldn't handle this anymore. I'm here. It's all right. I'm here. Okay. No, 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 no. Going on. Uh, okay. My miss was one that uh, I really wanted to like so bad, um, but Jurassic World Dominion. I oh. am so peeved at the filmmakers for making locusts the main part of a dinosaur movie like it was the most ridiculous what a waste of everything that you can do there's so much that they have spent going to uh you know bringing dinosaurs into the real world and like they tease that with fallen kingdom and i didn't love fallen kingdom but it had some good parts i thought it was a better like haunted house kind of horror sort of thing yeah. And then when the end of that is like, wow, what are they going to do with this? We had the little teaser uh, video at the campsite that he released yeah. like two years ago. Yeah. We see the T-Rex at the drive-in theater and all that. I love all of that stuff. But then it's like, yeah, let's go sciencey with locusts. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I didn't, didn't even think that. of that when I watched it. That's hilarious. No, I didn't either. I didn't either. <laughs> yeah, it, it just bugged me. I, I, I liked the, you know, they obviously teasing with old cast and new cast was great they did play well off each other i liked that dynamic between everybody but again yeah. it was like once they're when they're escaping they're in this tower and there's some exciting moments but there's a lot of downtime for a movie featuring freaking dinosaurs and this is like this is the sixth time we've done this now let's you know we, we should have this formula kind of figured out yeah yeah i did um i did like the first like 45 minutes that felt like a uh, mission impossible with yeah <laughs> it sure did i was like this is wild they're like full on <laughs> mission impossible here riding motorcycles through european cities this is awesome yeah <laughs> <laughs> if only they could have kept that uh kept that going that trajectory so this is opened up for a just kind of fire out some some other misses this year uh anybody wants to throw them out you can go right ahead 
Well, I, I, I do. I do have one more, just one. Um, and it was Black Adam. I yep. was not. I was not a fan of Black Adam. I, I wasn't actually going to go see it because I, the trailers turned me off. I just it didn't look. It looked to me like a knockoff, uh, uh, Marvel movie, and featuring The Rock. And I'm I, I don't mind The Rock, but I'm he's not a draw for me. Um, and so that wasn't a thing. But I thought, oh, you know, I'll go see it. I I'm a, I'm a DC guy. I like DC, so I'll go see it. And it it to me it felt like. DC first of all DC's all over the board like Batman the Batman this year was phenomenal Joker yeah. was phenomenal and like yep. keep it in that vein and then Black Adam was literally a Marvel movie I'm like this doesn't fit with anything that they're trying to do and so it felt confusing and it felt out of place and it just it felt like a Marvel movie that I didn't really need to see <laughs> to me and I mean who really thought but it did happen that Black Adam actually killed Superman what <laughs> yeah. cancel superman after this what happened yeah, exactly <laughs> killed his career i guess yeah uh, no yeah, but just killed his as that that was really unfortunate yeah that they built that up and he's back and oh no we're going with the younger superman yeah, so he's brutal. not back no. that was very unfortunate <laughs> that was i gotta disagree with, with with you though larry i gotta i, I gotta like, disagree about i knew this happened. was happening yeah i knew this would happen yeah. <laughs> There we go. It's not, it's not, it, I'm not going to say Black Adam is like the, the best movie in the world, uh, but it, it was good. I liked it because I've been saying for like 10 years that Dwayne the Rock Johnson should be cast as Black Adam. And they kept saying in Hollywood that he was going to play Shazam. He was going to play, yeah. you know, the original Captain Marvel. Uh, but thank God they didn't do that. So he is Black Adam. So that's perfect casting in my book. I know a lot of people are tired of Dwayne Johnson. He's frigging everywhere. I know, but, um, what I loved about that movie, though, was the fact that they did do um, these two characters, Black Adam, uh, well, three of them, actually, Black Adam, Hawkman, and Dr. Fate are three characters that were created before almost all of the Marvel characters. So it's kind of funny because I understand what, 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 what Larry's saying about the movie, like the way that the audience will look at this movie based on the movie world of all these Marvel movies and DC movies that are out there. And if you do a comparison that way, it is kind of it seems like a non-DC movie kind of, but for me, it's like a great adaptation of the Justice Society of America and the Black Adam story, which is, you know, uh, an anti-hero. He's a killer. He's not Superman. He's not Shazam. He's not supposed to be um, likable that way. He's more of a, dare I say, like a Punisher kind of a character, yeah, you know, because yeah. he's out for revenge. You know, it's, it's all about revenge, revenge, revenge for him uh, after, after the death of his son and everything. I thought Pierce Brosnan was perfect as Dr. Fate as well. And that's another character I have loved forever. Um, so I liked it based on that. I didn't think it was, you know, a 10 out of 10, but I thought it was good. And that's why. And uh, same with the Northman. You know why I like the Northman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one last thing I wanted to say about that, though, Larry, is that um, that's perfectly like normal natural cool that sometimes you you watch a movie and you're like well if it's a movie about this you know about revenge we want to really love that character who gets screwed over you know that's after the revenge sometimes yeah. sometimes it doesn't really matter because this in this case he's a brutal viking who's like been this horrible person raised by these raiders that are these killers like you know everybody's a killer this is a brutal time so yeah. To kind of think that he might be like a, a kind of a nice guy or, or a, yeah. a related <laughs> character it didn't really matter to me too much yeah. so i i still love the intensity of the character knowing full well that he's you know an idiot and he learns that kind of lesson that revenge just leaves you with you know more pain more death so anyway so i, I so, feel sorry like i just had to throw that in there 
I feel like I should watch it. I feel like I feel like maybe I didn't get the, the the time and the the effort that I should have put into it. So I, I'm gonna put that one back on my list. Okay, we'll all right, we'll check it out again. Year. See how I'll, it goes. I just want to throw out the monsters out there. That was the other one. I <laughs> oh I yeah. Oh my. <laughs> I, I like the monsters TV show. It's funny. I just, we talked about it on our show like a few episodes ago, but the, uh, um, I just, again, like I think Rob zombie loves the monsters and you could see it in the sets. You could see it in the costumes. It, the movie was just not funny. And I don't know what it was supposed to, tr- like it was trying to be, but it was not funny. I just, it was just a dud. Like it was a complete yeah. dud other than his visual, like his eye for what the original show was. I thought that was good, but it was just, there wasn't enough there for me to like, and I just was like, I walked away almost angry when I, after I watched it, I was just like, yeah. this is stupid. Like just, <laughs> I actually had to watch the real monsters to kind of like, you know, get that out cleanse the head. palate. Yeah. yeah, Cause it was <laughs> like, out, cause yeah. that's actually, and it was funnier than the whole movie was. But. <laughs> I had a similar and very minor. It wasn't necessarily worth bringing up, but um, the bubble. I don't know if any of you guys saw it, Judd Apatow's movie um, about making a movie during the pandemic. I didn't COVID. watch it because I heard it was horrible. <laughs> it was terrible. I, oh, yeah. I, and you know, as a big comedy fan and huge Judd Apatow fan, it was the most laugh-free comedy I've ever seen. Everything was so on the nose. It was so blunt wow. and ridiculous. Like it was. It was such a shame because, again, John Apatow has made some of the best movies out there. Yeah. And then this yeah. one was just, it, I don't know what it was, whether it was a cash in or whether it was like, let's get my friends a job or what it was, but it was brutal. Brutal. <laughs> my wow. friends a job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll take that one right off the list. <laughs> yeah, that's off the list. <laughs> well, let's move on to our open category. Let's keep things moving and we'll go to our hits. Uh, I'm not going to do an open one after this. So this is your chance to, to throw out your. Uh, what yep. you think of the year. Yep. Um, so we'll start with Ben. Uh, I This one was, it was a late, late 2021 release that I only got into, but it took up almost my entire 2022. It's a video game called Disco Elysium. I don't know if you guys have heard anything about it. Uh, it was oh. the name alone that actually got me <laughs> kind of intrigued. It is, um, it's an RPG. It's available on most platforms. I got it on the Switch. It is it, it uses the um, mechanics of Dungeons and Dragons in that a lot of it is a roll of the dice on whether something's going to work or not. But it, you play a detective in this fictional world. It's it's grounded mostly in reality, except you you wake up from a hangover. You don't know where you are. You don't know what your case is. You don't know anything aside from the fact that you are battling with yourself internally. So you have like 16 different aspects of your own brain that you keep fighting with. It's, it's so hard to explain. Oh, that's cool. Wow. You build, you start off as like, what kind of a detective do you want to be? So they give you some, like there's points based, obviously it's a lot of experience in different sections. You can be like, um, there's like the sensitive. So you like, you're em- empathetic. You are able to speak with people. You're like, you've got all these sort of things. You could be a brute where you're just a lot more blunt and you would be prone to violence. Although there's no action in this game, it's all dialogue based. It was, it, it blew me away. And it is a, like a hundred out of 10 kind of game that it got me in the middle of the night. I was thinking about the case and I was felt like I was losing my own mind because in the game, that's what you're doing. You're trying to piece together your own life and what has been happening 
and then also solve this case that's going on. Like it, I, I cannot recommend it enough. I know that I'm doing it no justice in explaining it because it seems so convoluted. Know, it sounds cool to me. <laughs> it was absolutely incredible. And I mean, I think I got it for like 12 bucks. It was on sale on, uh, on the eShop on Nintendo. And if you see it, you come across it, the, uh, the voice acting in it. So the reason it's actually an older game, it's a game from like 2019, but they released a new update where every, all the dialogue had been recorded by people. And the dialogue is amazing. Your inner thoughts that are, are kind of guiding you through the whole thing is this like really low growly guy that's speaking to you and narrating the whole thing for you. It's, it's an incredible experience. How, how have you finished it? Uh, no, I'm so close. I probably put in <laughs> 40 hours or so into it. Um, but it's also a game that when you finish it, even though there is like, there's the mystery of what the case is there are a thousand different ways to get there. And there's, you know, oh, you wow. can play as a different, different kind of cop. You can take totally different routes in doing all this. It's a very basic, the, the graphics are super basic, but the art in it is incredible. Like they use watercolor paintings all over the place. And it's just, it's an incredible, incredible thing. I cannot recommend it enough. Awesome. Disco Elysium. Disco Elysium. Yep. All right. Okay. That's awesome. Cool. Something I've never heard of. That's nice. I like Awesome. <laughs> Uh, my hit for the uh, for the year, and I think we might have mentioned this a couple years ago, but I think it's still like relevant today. Is the 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 horror genre in general for the for yeah? What a time to be a horror fan! It, like, and it's not just all. I mean, you've got your slashers, you got your your things like that, but it's it's just the the way horror's thought out lately is just like from like uh, like men, um, from like like I'm trying to think of some other ones, um, uh, Black Phone like terrifier too, uh like oh, smile like it, like barbarian it just goes on and on the list of great horror movies this year and even like texas chainsaw massacre i was like thoroughly enjoyed the entire thing like i love <laughs> like i just like it was just great like a year to be a horror fan like men was a so. was a sleeper i really liked men i thought that that was like it was a man i didn't know if i had accidentally ingested a ton of drugs as that movie kind of <laughs> was know, wrapping so up weird. but yeah, don't, so weird. Don't, don't but... spoil anything. I'm really, really excited to see this movie. Yeah. So, so don't spoil uh, anything. No spoilers. No, I promise. But <laughs> no. it was, it was really, it starts off as a slow burn. And then as you kind of figure out what's happening, it, it was brilliant. It was really, really well done. Yeah. Awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, so, I yeah. agree. Horror, horror is the genre to follow nowadays. They're, yeah. They've finally gotten it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> finally. <laughs> Took them long enough. Yeah. yeah horror has <laughs> always been fun, but now they've got a formula that they're, yeah, yeah. they nailed it. I agree. Yeah. You just don't know what to expect from it anymore. It used to be like, it's either a slasher or this, but it's all psychological. There's like, it's just the imagery, like everything's all over the place. So it's like, it's, it's so good. It's just so, so well done. But uh, Larry, what you got for, for your hit um, of the year? So my hit of the year was 2022 was the 50th anniversary of Atari. So <laughs> oh, yeah, everything, oh, everything Atari <laughs> was back in vogue this year. Um, and which is like so exciting for me because I grew up with Atari. I bought my Atari when I was 12 years old uh, with with seven games or something like that off a buddy who was in grade seven with me <laughs> and he sold it all to me for 70 bucks. And it was so exciting. <laughs> and I still have it. Um, and I and I've always loved Atari and and I just the fact that it's now celebrated its 50th um, 
they just released a new game called Atari 50, which has a, it, it's sort of, it's a collection of old games, but the way it's presented, it's presented with um, interviews uh, from some of the creators and um, some of the home screens are actually games. Like it's, it's just a brilliant presentation. Um, uh, they've also, uh, for, for just recently, my wife gave me a, um, it's sort of like an emulator called the Retron 77, which uh, is, <laughs> which plays the original Atari 2600 cartridges. So just this year, I was able to play my original ET uh, games. I've actually got a bunch of them sitting beside me right now. Mm -hmm. They're all, they're all sitting oh, right oh, here. That's awesome. Here's, here's Space yeah. Invaders. They're all <laughs> just sitting beside me. Um, and uh, and the, the, to, to cap it all off this year, I went to a, um, a Comic-Con called RetroCon in Hamilton. And uh, one of the guests that they had there was um, uh, Warren Robinette who is literally the father of uh, adventure games. He, he was the one who solely by himself created the Atari 2600 game called Adventure, um, which if you saw Ready Player One, uh, the movie Ready Player One was heavily featured uh, because it's the very first video game to ever have a, an Easter egg. He hid his own name in the game uh, because oh, Atari yeah. wasn't giving any credit to creators. And he was like, screw that. <laughs> I'm <laughs> putting my own name in, but you had to do a series of things in order to get into this room where you could see his name. Um, so it was literally the, the very first Easter egg in a game. And it was the first literally adventure game. It was a, a, a like a non-linear, you had to search for objects in order to open castles and find keys and things like that. Um, and he was there. So I got to meet him and I uh, got his, I, I got him to autograph my, my copy. Your of, chest? Yeah, yeah. my forehead. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so to me, this year was all about Atari and the 50th anniversary of Atari. And that, and that was a big milestone in my life right there. <laughs> That's awesome. What about you, Neil? Um, so just like London, Ottawa is a great place for conventions. Um, so I know Larry was just talking about conventions. Um, I went to a whole bunch of conventions this year for about a half hour to an hour at most before my pain started kicking in. Yeah. You know, uh, and I had to get in the car and get the hell out of there. But for what I was able to do and for what the, the guests were able to do as well, it was amazing. I was so, so happy. Uh, I was able to interview about six or seven people this year at different conventions, uh, some of which are our favorite voice actors. Of course, I'm always interviewing voice actors, uh, as Greg and I used to do that on the radio quite often. And um, one of them was Maurice LaMarche, Canadian actor from uh, Futurama. And he's the brain on Pinky and the Brain. He's the original Egon Spengler on the real Ghostbusters. He's the chief on Inspector Gadget. He was you know, a million voices. <laughs> <laughs> million voices for Maurice. He was a great guy. And I got to interview him. And then I got to interview Rob Paulson. So I got to interview the best. Yeah. Pinky. He's always such yeah. a good interview. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Actually, the first time I interviewed him was with Backstage Ben, actually. And Greg. <laughs> uh, shout out to Greg and uh, PEI. That's right. um, but um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I got to interview uh, also John Stalker from uh, so many cartoons growing up, you know, cops and Care Bears and and droids and so on. Um, and I also got to interview Robert Boxtall, who was the voice of Robocop, the animated series. <laughs> if you remember, just like Rambo, they made a, a Robocop cartoon for yep. some reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's <just> a <laughs> <our> movie. That's <laughs> rocketing to kids, you know. Um, not, not, the cartoon was not as bloody, but, but it was really interesting talking to him um, and getting stories about working on shows like X-Men and uh, Teddy Ruxpin and all these shows like that. And he wrote a book too 
called Willow's Run, and I got to promote that for him. So this is all going on with my good friend, Kara, who I love dearly. Shout out to Kara. Um, she was my camera person the whole time as well. And uh, we just had a blast. And even though I couldn't last long, after an hour or two, I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I need some water, <laughs> medic. But, um, but yeah, I'm very thankful for that. And it was a big hit for me to be able to do these interviews, especially since I'm not media anymore. I don't have a yeah. media badge. I'm not a media staff guy. <laughs> like you guys anymore. I'm not, you know, I never was really. I was a volunteer for Bell. Um, and yet here I am, I'm still getting to do it and still thankful for all the experience that I got volunteering for Bell with Greg and Fanshawe and all that stuff because it allowed me to know what I'm doing and how to make a good interview instead of just be a fanboy. You know, I loved you in that movie. I loved you in this movie, you know. <laughs> real questions, you know, and real, you know, not just your own opinions, but, you know, and I just, I've gotten so good at it thanks to Greg and thanks to Fanshawe uh, and thanks to all these actors that I've been able to meet and interview. So that's a big hit for me considering I've been, you know, injured for most of this year um, that I was able to do that. So thanks to the actors, thanks to my good friend, Kara, and uh, thanks to the lower. Whether you're media or not, we all just fake it until we make it anyway. You can keep going. Yeah. Yeah. You can't tell. You can't tell I'm in pain when I'm interviewing them, but inside I'm like, kill me. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I did a good job acting, but anyway, I'm very, very, uh, very thankful for that. That was definitely a big hit of the year for me. All right. Well, Ben, let's, let's kick off the misses uh, this year. What, what was a big miss this year, you thought? So my big miss was, and it's related to um, some of the misses that we've talked about, but my big miss is doing the ironic, like boosting of crappy products. So we saw Morbius coming back to theaters as like a campaign online. Sony really thought that they, they had hit something by bringing Morbius back. Um, the like TikTok trend of teens dressing up in suits to go see Minions and Minions making way much more money, way way more money than it probably should have. <laughs> I just found this weird ironic love of crappy IPs as a weird thing that was going on this year. <laughs> and I just, you know, I think that it 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 kind of burst to an extent now that we're seeing so many cancellations. That's kind of the other thing was the amount of content that we have. We've got so many things that do we need more you know we just see uh the workaholics movie has just been canceled and i was like why are they making a workaholics movie the show got canceled like, why, <laughs> why are we bringing it back it was fine it was good for its time but all that sort of thing so just for me it was like almost an overload of content was kind of the issue where we've seen a lot of great stuff but i really i i just hope that the cash in and the laziness doesn't continue just in order to either try to, you know, let's hope that this is again, like, let's hope that this becomes a TikTok trend and we end up making a billion dollars on this horrible movie that we just kind of cashed in on, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. The, um, for me, it was the, um, why they put Lord of the Rings, like the Rings of Power and, uh, House of the Dragons out at the same time. Like, who's, <laughs> I know. Like, this is a very specific, to do with like, each other. yeah, I know they have nothing to do with each other, but they're very specific, like sort of genre and they're both super epic. They both cost a lot of money. Yeah. So let's put them out at the same time. Like I honestly got a little confused watching both at once. Yeah. Like it was like, you know, they're told different things. I was like, what was I watching? Like, where's, where's the, the hobbits and, and house of dragons? I couldn't like, I was really getting like, there's too much. It's kind of, they kind of look the same. Like, except yeah. I like, obviously there's a bit more style and, and uh, rings of power. It's much more fans like fantasy looking, but I just, I don't know why they decided to put both of them out at the same time. It just seemed weird well, to me. And considering they both draw from the same audience base, like why yeah, that's not? That's the thing, yeah. Like that that didn't make any sense Almost. to me. Why, why they didn't separate them? Like it was 10 weeks of one, 
then that stops and then give you another 10 weeks. Like it just, you, you would have, I, I just feel like people's attention was split and maybe didn't watch one or the other during its initial run because is yeah I, I would have enjoyed rings of power much better had yes. uh, the other one not be on yes. like i just because I, I really got into house of dragon but then this seemed like an extra thing i had to watch yeah. rather than being the thing i had to watch and i love yeah. lord of the rings i love those movies so much i just i i really struggled getting into it at first because i just it was too much like of that genre for me like all at the same oh. time and part of the thing with the rings of power was that each episode was really long, like an hour yeah. and 10 minutes, like they were quite long. So if, if that had been the only thing you had to watch an hour and 10 minutes would have been perfect. But you know, then you have another hour of house of dragons on top of that. And it's just, it becomes daunting. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I've actually recommended to people. I've had this conversation with a few people and uh, who haven't watched them, either of them yet. And I've said, don't like, finish one <laughs> and then yeah. start together. Like don't yeah. watch them simultaneously. Like uh, yeah. it's not a good idea. <laughs> that's a, that's good advice, uh, Larry, actually. But the, th the thing that I don't get is like, wh why are they in the same conversation at all? Because I know they're both fantasies, but one's for adults only yeah. and one's for everyone. Cause everyone can watch Rings of Power. There's nothing scary. There's no brutal violence, sex, blood. Obviously House of the Dragon is pretty darn bloody. Yeah. Uh, the first episode, especially, it's pretty nasty, right? With the birth and everything. Um, and there's all this brutal violence and dragon, dragon on dragon violence, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but it's it's so dark too. Like House of the Dragon is so dark. So, there's a few episodes where you're like, what's going on? I need to turn the brightness up on my TV because it's so dark. And then where the Rings of Power, it's totally different. They they you know that's so like bright and green and and beautiful colors and mo for the most part, right? Um, yeah. So they're very different, very very different different shows in many ways. To me, it's apples and oranges, uh, but, well, but I guess because I like us they, it I is. yeah, not to everybody. Time, gonna <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I think they're like they're. I mean, I know they're different and they look kind of different when you look at them, but they're two multi-million-dollar shows of sort of the same fantasy genre at the same time. And I just, it split yeah. like what yeah, I, I just didn't enjoy one over the other because I was kind of watching one, but I got, but everybody I knew was watching house of dragon more than they were the other. So I ended up talking about house of dragon a lot more with yeah. like people I knew and, and the other one just sort of got shoved aside and it wasn't any fault of it. It just, it was my, I only can watch so much of that sort of genre. Like it just, it's, it became sort of the same thing to me. Yeah. Like after a while, I, I know what you're saying. I just, I thought they were very, this like, very similar just because of the genre they were this is when they released volcano and dante's peak in the same year yes. it's, the, it's the same thing <laughs> it's exactly the same thing yeah. i can't watch two volcano movies yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious um who hasn't gone yet i can't remember now uh, neil hasn't uh, gone yet can we get more robo calls oh i don't know about you guys but i've had more robo recording calls this year than ever in my life yeah. and it's just like it doesn't ever stop. I know. Yeah, I know. You just don't answer and you hit block or whatever. It's no big deal. But it just seems to increase. Misinformation can be worse than just annoying. So, yeah. The Border Patrol is still coming to my house. They're on their way. I don't know why done, the IRS cares so much about my bank account. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. I've got all these packages waiting for me. Uh, <laughs> well, Larry, what's your, what's your miss of the year? I've got a quick one here um my miss of this year was canceling shows that i really like that aren't <laughs> finished. 
and it happened a couple it happened a couple of times this year i know i'm not great at finishing shows but there are some shows that i would really like to finish and now i can't (laughs) so it happened twice the first uh the first one was um westworld which i love oh yeah i love westworld i think it's one of the greatest shows ever season four just finished and it it was done and we're like great apparently they only wanted one more season to wrap up this whole thing i was super excited and then they canceled it not only did they cancel it but within like two weeks they pulled it from um hbo max or um yeah hbo max like they pulled it off the site in canada though i think we're lucky enough that it's still on crave i believe is it still on crave yeah because i still have four episodes to go like I hadn't finished oh, the yeah, season. Yeah. I had four episodes and I, I heard that it was gone. I haven't looked. So now I'm going to look. Um, so I was really annoyed. I was like, come on. Like we've been four years into this thing. It was great. Like, I, I don't, I don't think it lost any of its momentum. I thought the story was strong this year. I, I don't, I don't know why they canceled it. I, I haven't found out, but that really annoyed me. So that happened. And then show called 1899. I don't know if any mm-hmm. of you have watched 1899. I've heard of it. Um, I just started getting into that and it's really weird and it it's like underwater sunken weird mysteries it's kind of cool and Bermuda then, Triangle kind of related yeah, isn't it? sorry yeah. it's Bermuda Triangle sort of thing and I was so into it and then I just heard it was cancelled too yeah. and so now do I finish this season I don't know I, I want to but I know that there's not going to be an ending for me mm-hmm. so uh, like that's you know, I mean that's kind of going back to what I was saying too like they're they're so quick to approve and then also cancel things. Like yeah. there was a show and I, I hadn't watched it, but the news right now, there's an animated show on Netflix called Inside Job. Oh, and yes. it, they announced a few weeks ago that they're renewing it for season two. And then just yesterday, they're like, nah, never mind, we're canceling it. So yeah, like after yeah. they're, they're really wiping. And, I, and again, like the workaholics, as much as I really enjoyed that show, like 10 years ago, I don't know that they needed a movie, but everything yeah. was set. They're like weeks away from starting to film and they canceled it. We're seeing it cancel like, Henry Cavill leaving the Witcher to become Superman. That was a big deal. And then he's no longer Superman because they're, like, they're changing their minds so much. It's almost like this constant news cycle now. Every every decision is being broadcast, even if yeah. it's maybe not the final decision. Yeah, they just need to stop. Like just wait yeah. until like things have actually started rolling or yeah. you know what I mean? Like don't just don't tell us. If we don't know, then we don't know. But mm-hmm. yeah, you can't tease us like that. Like it, it'll just build animosity. People won't want to see these shows or these movies because they're just angry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I yeah, I totally agree. That's li- let's move on to uh, geeky things you're looking forward to in 2020. It could be a movie, it could be a TV show, whatever it is. We'll keep it, we'll keep it tight just because we're we've been on, we've been here for eight hours already. Um uh, <laughs> 2023, right? We're not looking for 2020. This is for 2023. Looking forward okay. to yes. Okay, so I'm gonna I'll start out with Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Nice. I I love Indiana Jones. I, the last movie was terrible. Um, I'm hoping this one they're gonna get back on track. And it it the the trailer looked really good, and uh, I couldn't say that when I saw the trailer for the last one. So I I I think this one <laughs> might actually be not bad. I think it looks kind of cool. It had so. promise, but obviously, like they they know what they did. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they did. They know, yeah, although they're they not going to nuke mistakes. the fridge again. Think, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the end of Indiana Jones, regardless, right? I mean, it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't think right. they're going to make yeah. any more, even if it's great. No, yeah, but true, it true. doesn't matter. Like I don't need any more if it's great. Like I I didn't really need any more after three. After yep. yeah. you know, I didn't need any more. I didn't ask for more. So if this 
one's great, then end it. Like just yeah. call it a day. <laughs> and apparently Mutt Lang is or Mutt uh, not Mutt Lang, but whatever is not in this Mutt, one. Shia, yeah. They explain Shia, apparently they explain him away, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So already <laughs> it's better. Yeah. <laughs> no, no CGI gophers. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> or monkeys. <Or> yeah. <laughs> Please. So dumb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Neil, what about you? What's uh something you're looking forward to in 2023? Hmm. Um Dune part two. Yes. Oh yeah. So I yeah, I mean all of us book fans have been waiting for them to do Dune well um for so long. And as we know, it was a good try in the 80s, but uh it was you know a swing and a miss. Uh but really part one, and we didn't even know it was part one, or at least the world didn't know it was, but we figured it would be if they were gonna do the first book justice, they had to split it into two books. Um, so yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, Obviously the last movie left off with, uh, both Paul and his mother in, uh, you know, in, in the sand dunes connecting with the sand people and all that. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, it, I, it just looks like, I can't wait to see how they finish this story, you know, and how they take back what's theirs and, you know, yeah. and all that stuff. So if you know the story, you already know how it's going to go, but you just can't wait to see it adapted i can't wait to see how they you know how they finish this and execute it so yeah i watched the david cool. lynch cole's notes version so i know everything that happened <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yes yeah all right uh, ben what about you uh june 2nd 2023 i have never looked so forward to a movie as i am looking forward to spider-man across the universe uh oh, or the yeah. spider-verse i should say um that the first one still blows me away every time i watch it i've probably seen it more than any other movie uh i went with my kids to see it in theaters and now a few years later we're all excited for it um it, it like not it rarely has a movie affected me the way that spider-man into the spider-verse did i i adored it and i still do and uh, i've I, like i said i've just never been so excited to go and see something else the trailers have been amazing all the little teasers that they're putting in there I mean, this is like, again, we're, we're talking multiverse. So this is a lot of characters, a lot of Easter eggs. And I was a Spider-Man huge webhead as a kid. Well, you know, he'll come back. <laughs> um, oh, there he is. There he is. Um, I just, I, I'm so looking forward to it. I mean, and I am so confident that it's going to be just as good, if not better. It, 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 they can't possibly go wrong. I'm so excited no. for this movie. Now, yeah, it looks, having, looks amazing. Having said that, having said that, let me just say, um, I've said that several times about they cannot go wrong. It's really <laughs> <ever>. Yes, <laughs> it doesn't always work out that way. Okay. Just, just putting it out there. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see right. next year what you have to say about it. But anyway. <laughs> All right, Larry. What about you? Okay, well, I was going to say uh, Indiana Jones as well, but you've already taken that one. So I, I have a new one. Um, okay. Just today, the day that we recorded this on January 10th, uh, the new trailer for um, Ari Aster's new film, Bo oh, yeah. uh, is Afraid, dropped. Ari Aster was the director of Hereditary and Midsummer, both of which are like in my top, I'd say my top 10 yeah. horror movies of all. I love both of them. Midsummer was just mind blowing to me mm -hmm. um, and still is. I, I, so he's only done the two movies. So his run is is like, He's knocking it. He's like batting a thousand so far for me. So he's got a new movie coming out um, in April called Bo is Afraid. And it stars uh, Joaquin Phoenix, 
uh, in various stages of his life. So he's a young kid, he's an elderly man, he's apparently it's just like it's a I, I don't even know all that much about it, but the trailer came out today and it's it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just uh I it it almost looks lighter. I mean, hereditary and, and uh midsummer were not fun. I, I, I mean, <laughs> there was nothing fun about them. Like they were not. The laws of science say that it has to be lighter than either one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it looks like it is. However, it's Dude. also playing off of his darkest fears, it says in the trailer. So that can't be good. No. So I don't know if their trailer is making it look lighter to draw people in or I don't know. But whatever Ari Aster, Ari Aster does, I will go and see. And I've some of the some of the uh, captions I've seen today are talking about how it's a comedy, like the maybe a dark comedy. I feel like it's like Charlie Kaufman esque, you know, yes. like it's kind of got that super surrealist vibe, which yeah. the trailer certainly has in a lot of ways. But uh, yeah, I, it totally does. whether it's going to be a dark comedy, I don't know that it's going to go full on horror or just incredibly uncomfortable the whole time, or how yeah. he's going to do it. I don't because it doesn't look like horror. Like the trailer no. didn't make it look like. I mean, Hereditary is full on horror. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Midsummer was pretty full on. Horror. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this yeah. trailer does not look like that. So it's it's cool that he's maybe departing a little bit from that dark 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 darkness yeah. but maybe not. i don't know i don't know what to expect i'm just i love joaquin phoenix he's yeah. i think he's brilliant and and i feel like joaquin phoenix is one of those actors who chooses scripts very carefully because he's very rarely if ever in a flop yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so i feel like the fact that he's doing this says a lot about what it's going to be so yeah. i'm super excited about that april they haven't given an exact date i think it's sometime in april He's no Gerald Leto or Jared Leto, that's for Jared sure. Leto. Thank God for that. Yeah, we don't need another one of him. He's, he's like the light version of him. Like you, yes. can't get, you can't get Walking Phoenix to get him, basically. <laughs> well, I think that wraps everything up. I'll keep it quick here. And I want to thank you guys for once again joining us for our year-end review. I think it's been awesome to have you here and to get your perspectives on everything that went on in 2022. That's awesome. And uh, that's it for the show. Thank you, everybody, for watching this. And uh, everyone's going to be making new lists now, things they need to see that they didn't see in, in 2022. So thank you, everybody, so much. And uh, I'm Loop. And I'm Larry. And that's the show. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Produced by Matthew C. Loop and Lawrence Simner. A Loop and Larry production. Bueller. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. Bueller. Bad news. Fog is getting thicker. And Leon's getting larger. Inconceivable. Brian's right. It's an elf. Wax on. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Oh, Captain. My Captain. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Wax off.